the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Mystery of Evil. The Mystery of Evil. For the past three weeks, we have been witnessing through pictures on television, the horrors of war in Ukraine. We have seen bombs exploding on civilian apartments, schools, hospitals, libraries, and other buildings killing and injuring men, women, and children. At present, some 3.3 million Refugees, mainly women and children, have left Ukraine seeking refuge in various countries in Europe. Millions of people at this moment are under siege without electricity, without heat, without water, without food, and without medicine. The inhumanity, cruelty, and destruction of human lives by the Russian armed forces are indescribable. We are witnessing evil at its worst. How does one explain the sheer evil of war, the death, destruction, and human suffering that we are seeing every day? The only answer that makes sense to me and to us as Christians is to be found in the Holy Scriptures. The human race is confronted with one problem which has never been able to solve. With all of our scientific and technological advances of the last century, which are simply mind-boggling, with all of the explosion of knowledge that has enabled us to solve some of the greatest problems on our planet, there is still one problem which defies permanent solution, and that's the problem of evil. Philosophers, scientists, historians, psychologists, and scholars of all kinds have wrestled with the problem of evil. The fact is that behind the evil which manifests itself in every area of human society, there's an unseen, invisible power. You cannot legislate against it. It's above and beyond law and beyond human control. 
the biblical writers and even Jesus himself provides an explanation of what I would call, firstly, the mystery of evil. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. All of the apostles agree that we can never adequately explain what life is about, especially the problem of evil, if we do not come to grips with and recognize the existence of these unseen, invisible powers. The Apostle John, and I'm using John now, the verses 8 through 10, but the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 identifies the source of our problems. He says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now John tells us that behind all we are facing today is an evil being who continually subverts every human effort to counteract his activities. This is why we can never permanently solve the problem of evil. There is no adequate explanation for the hideous tangle of human problems such as exist today. If we fail to see the evil genius of the devil behind these things. So the question is, who is this devil that holds humanity in the grip of evil? He is a fallen angel who rebelled against his creator and turned into an evil being whom the Bible calls Satan or the devil. We find a description of this being in Isaiah chapter 14, 12 through 14. Isaiah says, How you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Here was a most glorious being who was not content with the glory that he had. He, a creature of God, set himself to become the equal of God, to become like the Most High. He set himself above the law and will of God and became a law unto himself. That is what lawlessness is acting as though you are a law unto yourself without regard to any other person or any other authority. And that sounds to me like a good description of Vladimir Putin. Whenever we adopt the attitude, I will do what I want when I want, 
we are repeating the sin of the devil. Sin is an attitude of lawlessness or lawless disregard of the authority of God. The works of the devil are the activities that result from that attitude. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus partially describes the work of the devil for us. To the Jews who did not believe in him, he said, You are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. And in John 10 and verse 10, Jesus gives us yet another of the devil's work. Speaking of the false shepherd, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So these then are the works of the devil, murdering, lying, and stealing. Sowing seeds of defeat and destruction are among the things the devil likes to do, thereby creating great havoc and chaos in the world. If given the opportunity, the devil will sow seeds of doubt to weaken your faith. He will sow seeds of discord to create dissension in your family. He'll sow seeds of discouragement to defeat your efforts. Seeds of depression to sap your strength. Seeds of disgrace to ruin your reputation. Seeds of confusion to frustrate your mind. Seeds of bitterness to enslave your attitude. Seeds of gossip to poison your tongue. Seeds of revenge against those who hurt you. And seeds of criticism so you can can you can find fault with others. And once the devil has sown the seeds, he'll surely return to help them develop and produce more of the same and thereby turn your comfort into misery, your joy into sorrow, your freedom into bondage, your blessings into burdens, your hope into hopelessness, and your glory into into gloom. The devil knows how to control us. This is why intelligent, happy young people moving into adulthood are caught up in vicious patterns of delusion and destruction. See, the business of the devil is to tempt us in any way he can to adopt a sinful attitude of rebellion against God. When we do that, the inevitable result is that the works of the devil will be our works. So as human beings, we will lie, we'll steal, we'll murder, and we'll do whatever we can get away with. If not outwardly, openly, and brazenly like Putin, then it will be inwardly, subtly, and respectably. But there's no way to escape the devil. We think we can and delude ourselves by thinking we can control our actions and reactions. 
But as Jesus said in John 8, 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. We do not have the power to determine how far we will go with sin. It will go beyond our own desire and we will end up doing things we never dreamt we'd do. We do not master sin, it masters us. So what is the answer to all this? There is only one answer. And John gives it to us in 1 John chapter 3 and the latter part of verse 8. When he said, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Christ came to set us free from the bondage of sin. He came to unloose, to untie the works of the devil so that we can be free to serve God and fulfill our divine destiny. But secondly, our liberation from evil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. According to John, when a person becomes a Christian, something remarkable happens. We experience a spiritual rebirth which keeps us from continuing in sin and following the devil. Once God takes over our life, we cannot sin without a struggle or without a sense of guilt. So what John is declaring to us then is that the power of sin has been broken and sin is no longer natural to the believer's life. Though from time to time we may slip into sin, it is contrary to our new nature in Christ. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior from sin, God's supernatural nature in us prevents us from persisting in habitual sin. Oh yes, we do commit single acts of sin, but we cannot habitually, persistently, and contentedly live in sin as we did before we became believers in Christ. Thus, if we claim to be a Christian, but are not turning away from sin, if we are going week after week, month after month, year after year, in a relationship or situation we know to be wrong, then according to John, we are not born of God. Despite our claim, despite our church membership, despite all the good things we, we think we're doing, we are still in bondage to the devil. No one who persists in sin has a relationship with God. Now it is possible for both a sheep and a pig to fall into a mud hole, but the difference in their nature becomes immediately evident in their reaction. The pig is perfectly happy in the mud. He rolls over on his back singing, home sweet home. <laughs> but the sheep is miserable and desires to get out. So John says, 
those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. But thirdly, we are either children of God or children of the devil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. All humanity in the sight of God is divided into two classes, the children of God and the children of the devil. Now, some of us would like to think there are three classes, the children of God, the children of the devil, and then a vast group in between who are morally neutral, neither devilish nor divine. If pressed on the point, most people would probably classify themselves in the middle somewhere. But God says no. We are either children of God or children of the devil, one or the other. There are not three classes, nor is there only one class. Many liberal theologians would have us believe that all human beings everywhere are by virtue of their natural birth, children of God. But the Bible never sustains that idea for even a moment. The phrase children of the devil does not mean that human beings are created by the devil. Rather, it means that those who live in sin reflect the nature and characteristics of the devil. So here's the point. Every one of us was born into the family of the devil because we are part of the fallen race of Adam. The tendency or the propensity to sin is passed along to us from our parents with the color of our eyes, the shape and height of our bodies, and all other physical features. We are born with a bent toward evil. It is only by being born again spiritually that we become members of the family of God. That is why Jesus said to the cultured, respected Jewish leader of his own day, Nicodemus, that he must be born again. John 3, the first three verses, give us the story. He said there was a Jewish leader named Nicodemus who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. One night he went to Jesus and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher sent by God. No one could perform the miracles you are doing unless God were with him. Jesus answered, I'm telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Jesus was saying, Nicodemus, all your knowledge, all of your education, all your morality, all of the things that you try to follow in your religion are of no value here 
Unless you're born again, you are part and parcel of Satan's kingdom. The whole trust of the gospel of Christ is that mankind can be delivered from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Well, someone asks, how do you know that you have been born again? How can you tell that this has happened? This is what verse 10 is all about. Where John says, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. You see, John is saying, if you are not doing what is right, if you are still bearing hatred toward anyone, if you do not love your brother and sister and serve them, then you are not a believer. You're not a Christian. And you need to go to the cross and ask God's forgiveness and make Christ the Lord of your life and to become the kind of person that God wants you to be. The only true answer to the evil we see in the world is Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to set us free from the power of sin. And he established the church to be the bearer of this good news, which makes the church the hope of the world. The church is more than a mere religious institution or organization. It is a fellowship of the redeemed, the saved by grace, the born again, the family of believers. The church is a vast group of individuals whose names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and who have mansions, robes, and crowns awaiting them in glory. The church's main purpose is to glorify God, which includes preaching God's eternal word, singing God's praise from the heart, seeking God's face through prayer, magnifying God's name through worship, and loving one another and serving one another. The church has the responsibility of proclaiming the good news of salvation, teaching the truth, strengthening the weak, helping the helpless, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the incarcerated, and fulfilling the Great Commission. The church is to be an example of godliness, of honesty, of compassion, of faithfulness, of generosity, of humility, of commitment, and of victorious living. Whenever and wherever the church is gathered together, God desires to reveal his glory and his power and his mercy and his grace and his love. In the end, the church will triumph over the world. The church will be victorious over Satan. The church will overcome the powers of hell. And the church will defeat the forces of evil. Oh, I'm thankful today that I'm a part of the church. And I'm not looking for a way out, but I'm looking forward to going up to meet the Lord in the air the moment the trumpet sounds.
And by God's grace, I'm ready to go. And hope you are ready also. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.